Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. Hey, everybody, this is Shane Claiborne. Thanks for tuning in. It's a, a beautiful day to talk about the sweet Lord Jesus. And on this show, we talk about red letter Christians. Uh, you know, if you've not seen the old Bibles, some of the old Bibles, actually some of the new ones too, have the words of Jesus highlighted in red in the Gospels, and that's where we get our name. Uh, you know, there's there's some folks that say, well, isn't the whole Bible important? Isn't it all the Word of God? And we say, yeah, of course it, it, it is. But the thing is that the New Testament says that Jesus is the full revelation of God. Mm -hmm. So if we want to see, you know, God's love on full display, we look at Jesus. And also when it comes to interpreting the Bible, there's lots of ways that people can twist scripture to, to justify whatever they want to, they want to talk about. And, and yet that's where Jesus becomes so important. Jesus becomes kind of the sounding board, the word made flesh as the gospel of John says. And on this show, we like to talk about Jesus, but we also like to talk about how our faith impacts the world that we're living in right now. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God coming on earth as it is in heaven. And, uh, I remember my grandmother saying there's some Christians that are so heavenly minded that they're not much earthly good <laughs> <laughs> that we just use our faith as like fire insurance to avoid hell or as a ticket into heaven. And we end up really ignoring the world we live in right now. So the good news is, uh, I, you know, I believe in life after death, but there's a God that cares about life before death too. So we're talking about justice. We're talking about peacemaking. We're talking about the inequities between, between the rich and the poor, because our faith compels us to care about that stuff. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. I, you know, I'm excited today because my guest is Faith Van Horn, who uh, is the new director of Red Letter Christians in the UK. Co-director, co-director. Yeah, co co we co-direct co everything. So you're co-director <laughs> in the UK. And, um, you know, some folks may not even know that there is an, a manifestation of the Red Letter Christian Movement in the UK. Um, and so, welcome. It's good to be with you, Faith. Thanks. It's great to be with you, Shane. It's and an you, honor. You, you, you fake a good American accent there. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know, folks are going to uh, note that you you're living in the UK, but you grew up over here. And, you know, before Red Letter Christians even existed, this radio show and podcast was called Across the Pond. I, you know, kind of came into co-directing that faith with uh, my friend, Tony Campolo. Mm -hmm. And um, now we get to like, we, we're across the pond, but we're also talking about what the spirit of God is doing all over the world here in the U.S. and in the U.K. So you just hopped into this, but first tell us a little backdrop, backdrop of um, what brought you over to the U.K. Because I know, but I want everybody else to know because it's pretty, it's, 
<laughs> it's pretty awesome. I'm glad. Yeah, I think I'm glad you think so. Um, so I'm uh, studying a PhD over uh, in the UK at University of Birmingham. That's Birmingham, England, not Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, I came over here because uh, I had gotten uh, my MDiv. Uh, I went to seminary at the Methodist Theological School in Ohio. And um, I was a Unitarian Universalist. I was going to pastor, uh, not pastor, uh, lead a U- UU congregation. And I realized in seminary, I wasn't really, um, I ended up converting to Christianity in seminary, which is its own story. Decided I wasn't going to be a pastor or lead a congregation. And I really got in- interested in the study of Christian doctrine, particularly w- the way that um, doctrines can be used um, can be interpreted in kind of ways that aren't necessarily helpful for folks. So my study is I'm looking at the doctrine of atonement, which um, for people who might, um, you know, not know all the uh, Bible talk is the doctrine of what it means that Jesus died uh, on the cross for humanity and what that means in terms of resurrection and new life for us. So, yeah. So I'm looking at um, a Pentecostal view of atonement and I'm bringing Uh, that into conversation with some feminist critiques from the perspective of uh, people who've survived sexual abuse. So I know it's, it's kind of, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, there really is. So kind of all the moving parts with that are um, there is um, first of all, for people who might not know much about Pentecostalism other than, you know, what they might see on TV a little bit with uh, televangelists and things. Um, Pentecostalism is uh, actually a big movement within world Christianity, especially, especially when you get outside of like North America and Europe, like uh, big parts of the South and East um, Christians, a lot are Pentecostal. It's something like 600 million people are part of this movement that's uh, either Pentecostal or charismatic, meaning um, these are people who uh, practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's a focus on really um, active movement of the spirit in ways through worship that leads to social transformation. Mm. Like a lot of people, um, there's this uh, idea of Pentecostalism that's all about this closed up personal holiness. But you really see all these movements, especially globally, of Pentecostals just being like empowered by the spirit to, to work for social good. Mm. So that's, that's really what interests me. Yeah. For, you know, for folks that, uh, you know, the Pentecost goes all the way back to the birthday of the church too. Right. So I think a lot of folks think back to the book of Acts when it says that the Holy spirit fell on them and they, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they had tongues of fire. So it's often known for the speaking in tongues and the Mm -hmm. miracles and prophecies. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we'll talk more about that, but yeah, so we got the Pentecostal love going. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So in terms of the doctrine of atonement, um, what I grew up with, and I actually grew up going to a conservative Pentecostal church, but uh, what I grew up with was uh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins because humanity was so sinful that we deserved infinite punishment. But, you know, because we couldn't fulfill that, God sent his son Jesus to take all the punishment for us. So that we could be seen by God essentially, and that we could be like redeemed as sinners. But what my, um, what my thesis looks at is that's really not a great gospel for um, especially folks who, who've been abused. Cause it's like, if you know what abuse is like, 
It's like the idea that God, first of all, would want to abuse humanity, and second, would send his own son and abuse him to save us. It's like, that just doesn't make a lot of sense for folks. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I'm specifically looking at um, sexual abuse survivors and what they go through. And uh, especially um, when you look at the cross and themes like forgiveness, and mm. a lot of people are told they need to forgive their abuser, even if they go to the same church with them. And it's like, how, so I'm really looking at how do we look at things like forgiveness and um, abuse and the cross and breaking that yeah. apart. Yeah, and, and you know, I think there's there's uh, good theology and there there's bad theology, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, my my friend Jim Wallace says that the answer to bad theology is not no theology but good theology, and mm -hmm. uh, I think the atonement is one of those things that uh, uh, has been really misused, right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so it's one of the most misunderstood things. So, I mean, basically, if that word freaks you out, y'all just think about it like why Jesus died, right? Right. Like, like what, mm -hmm. um, I've got a book here that says, did God kill Jesus? You know, and there's some versions of atonement that kind of have God pointing a gun at humanity mm. and taking it off of us and pointing at Jesus. And that version of atonement is, is one of redemptive violence, right? Is that God needed to kill somebody. So instead mm -hmm. of killing us, God killed Jesus, that God needed blood, you know, and um, it can lead to some really terrible um, uh, results, like, like the, the, the things, the implications of that, right. And you kind of talk about abuse. I encounter it faith when, when I, I talk about the death penalty with folks, there's yeah, folks, yeah. you know, in, in the U S we still have the death penalty. Um, and there are folks that say, well, how could God be against the death penalty when God invented it? In fact, God used it to save the world by, by right. sentencing God's own son to death. Right. So there's ways that we, um, so, I, I want to hear more about like a better atonement, you know, or a, a better yeah. way of thinking about that. Share, share a little bit from what you're learning and thinking on it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, first of all, um, some of the critiques I'm addressing come from feminist theology. There are some feminist theologians who looked at the cross and the violence and said, there's nothing about this that can be redemptive. And so um, there are folks like Rita um, Nakashima Brock, um, Rebecca Ann Parker, uh, who just look at the cross and say, that there's no way that death can bring life. And so they move to other things like looking at Jesus's ministry and like the idea of resurrection. But what I'm looking at is um, for specifically folks who have suffered trauma, essentially they're living in a state. Trauma is a type of death. It's a type of soul death. And so when you're talking about life after death, for folks who are living in a state of trauma, they're, they're experiencing a type of death now. So it's like in looking at uh, healing from trauma, it's like how do you find uh, life after death while you're still alive? Because uh, trauma leads to some physiological effects in the body. It constricts the way that people sometimes can move. They can develop PTSD. Uh, it really affects the way they are relationally with God, themselves, and other people. And so uh, I want to look at um, 
how the cross can speak to death and resurrection together. Because if you move away from the cross completely, you're removing like what Jesus does to bring us into new life. You're, you're removing the God who, who has suffered what we've suffered and more, but not because we deserve punishment, but to bring life out of that. Mm, mm. And so, um, yeah. So one of the yeah. paradoxes, oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was just thinking, I, I was kind of remembering our, Brother Steve Chalk over there when he said, mm -hmm. if you're not careful, the way that we read this can become a form of child abuse, you know, or yeah, a definitely. form of abuse. And I think you're saying that in other ways. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, and 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 there's there's folks that really it, it changes the way you think about God. That's why this is so important. It's not just kind of mm -hmm. uh, we, we're talking like fine point theology that is hundreds of years old on paper. But this right. like. Uh, it matters, right? Like yeah. it, it, you can end up with a God that's very easy to fear, but mm -hmm. very, very hard to love. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I even had a young kid in our neighborhood that went to one of the congregations that was using this kind of um, uh, um, theology. And I, I'll never forget it, Faith. He came and he said, we said, what'd you learn? What'd you learn at youth group tonight? Mm -hmm. And th this little boy, little kid said, well, I learned that God um, killed his son for me. And mm. I didn't, I didn't need God to do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? oh yeah. I, did, I didn't want God to do that. So, um, but this, this is why it matters, right? Is that, that, mm -hmm. and, and, and again, like not, not to throw, they we're not throwing all this out. We're actually doing a better atonement. We're doing the good theology. So talk about a little bit more, you know, wh where you're finding a way of understanding this, that, makes sense to a God who is love, but mm -hmm. also, but also is good news to people yeah. who have suffered or good news to people who have been abused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I'm looking at is um, I'm kind of looking at an incarnational model of atonement that says not only that uh, Jesus was born into the world, but that Jesus, um, because he is one with the son, the Trinitarian God of the son and is the incarnate word takes up all that is sinful in humanity with himself in order to transform it toward life. And so at the cross, what the cross is about isn't um, us deserving punishment. The cross is about death being transformed and overcome. And so then when Jesus in the resurrection welcomes us into that resurrection life. And um, the reason that I'm looking to Pentecostalism for this is within Pentecostalism alongside um, the traditional name for it is penal substitutionary atonement. If anyone wants to like quiz folks on their atonement theology, but uh, just, it's, just say that yeah. at dinner sometime. Right. So cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, so kind of another way of looking at that within Pentecostalism, uh, there's the idea of healing in the atonement so that uh, there's a verse in first Peter that Pentecostals sometimes say, which is a, uh, from the old King James, it's uh, translated as by his stripes, we are healed. And one way to read that is um, by him taking the violence on the cross, you know, we somehow get healing out of that. But what's interesting is if you actually look at the Greek, uh, that word that's translated in the King James stripes, it actually refers to a type of wound that has healed or begun to heal. Like another way uh, to translate it is like a wheel like something that like you would get um, after you've been wounded, but it's beginning to heal. 
So the type of wound that's being referenced in that verse, it, it doesn't refer, it can't refer to the wounds as Jesus is getting them on the cross because those are still open. It's referring to the wounds that have healed. Mm. So when you look at Jesus in his, when he appears resurrected um, to the apostles, you know, to the disciples, he appears with his wounds. And this is really, really important for people who have uh, experienced abuse and violence. It says, you know, when we die, it's not like we're not going to turn into ghosts and just, you know, go in ghost bodies to heaven. It's like, you know, sometimes that's how people think about heaven, like we're all going to be ghosts. But the whole point of the resurrection is we're going to live in the world that is the resurrection and the new creation. And mm. Jesus shows that to his disciples when he shows, you know, he shows his wounds. Some people interpret that as like him proving his identity. But the other part of it is him saying there is life after death. It's literally his skin being um, rewoven and healed. Mm. And it's through him taking on all of that and and us encountering him and being with him that and being in life with him that we come into that life of healing the healing that comes in the resurrection because it's like after you experience trauma you don't forget it it doesn't go away but it um you are able to integrate it when you have that support when you're able to have and in a Christian context, a new life that comes in Christ and through encountering and being in relationship and in community. Yeah, we're getting into it today, y'all. And uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, I'm Shane Claiborne, and our guest today is Faith Van Horn, who is the co-director of Red Letter Christians in the UK, among other things, but also uh, quite an astute biblical scholar and scholar oh of uh, the atonement here. We're talking <laughs> atonement there, penal substitutionary atonement today. Now, I want to, I'm going to tell you, uh, one other place that I've seen this, because I think the best mm. theology uh, faith, I don't mean to insult any of our academics, but I see some of our best theology on the ground, on the streets, mm -hmm. in my neighborhood, folks that don't necessarily yeah. have, uh, you know, degrees or didn't go to seminary. But mm -hmm. two, two quick, two quick uh, glimpses of this. One of them was right after a 19 year old was killed in our neighborhood and we had a memorial service to him and it, it was the memorial service was actually on good friday right so mm -hmm. that's when we're remembering jesus's death on the cross yeah. and right before easter and yet it was right after papito the 19 year old was killed so we read the gospel narrative of jesus's death and it really was a pentecostal moment i mean like i, I get chills on my arm like i get mm -hmm. the like holy spirit bumps on my arms you know but i'll never forget it because this this woman came up to me and she said uh i didn't know who she was at the time but she said i get it i get it and i said what and she said god knows what it feels like to lose your child because God watched, you know, Jesus dying. And, mm -hmm. um, and I realized it's, it was the mother of Papito, the 19 year old. Mm -hmm. And and that, wow. that, that like articulation of the gospel though, like God knows what it feels like to be us like God. Yeah. And, I, and the other story related to that was a, a woman whose son was being executed. And she said almost the exact same thing um, mm -hmm. as her son was being killed. At least God knows what it feels like to be where I am right now. Mm -hmm. And um, taking heart in the fact that there is, there's a God who has suffered with us. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's, you know, what we're talking about when we talk about, um, you know, 
why Jesus died. Jesus came not only on the cross, but from the moment he was born as a mm-hmm. refugee in yeah. the middle of a genocide, no place to lay his head, coming from a town where people said nothing good could come, constantly mm. um, uh, confronting the powers of death in the world he lived in, and then exposing yeah. them on the cross. And, you know, as our brother Alice McAllister and so many others have said, you know, Jesus absorbed all the violence of the world, put mm. it on full display on the cross. Um, mm-hmm. All of those powers of evil and abuse uh, mm-hmm. and, and violence are unveiled, you know, and, 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 uh, and subverted with love mm-hmm. and forgiveness in an empty tomb. So mm-hmm. that, um, that, and, and you're right. I mean, it's so important that when Jesus rose from the dead, he still had the wounds mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and that's why I think, you know, for, for us today, like I, I really like the language and what we do of, uh, Henry now and use the language that we're wounded healers, mm-hmm. um, that the things that we've survived are actually not things that we should be ashamed of, but they're things that actually become our credentials, you know, and they're, mm. they're tools to uh, rescue other people who may have similar, uh, may, may have suffered similar wounds, right? So the right. best folks to help women coming out of domestic violence are women that have survived domestic violence. So right. folks in our community here who are helping folks get off heroin have five years sober, you know, seven years mm-hmm. sober. And so that they were, were, were wounded healers. Um, yeah. And I, you know, as you were talking, I thought Rachel, the late Rachel held Evans, who was a dear friend. She, she, she added one piece to this, which was interesting. And she said, we lead not out of our scars, but mm-hmm. out of, or not out of our open wounds. Uh, we lead right. not, not out of our open wounds, but out of our scars. Right. Exactly. So it's not that we're, we're bleeding, you know, still processing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're always still processing, but we're not that those open wounds are not what, uh, what, what's unhealed, but it's the healing of those that's holy. Mm, it's, yep. it's the, um, that's, that's what, you know, equips, but we never forget, you know, what mm-hmm. caused those wounds, but we certainly use that into helping others heal. So I thought Rachel and Henry now and have kind of helped me understand the wounds and um, any more thoughts for, I know know in the last few minutes, we want to talk about what's happening in RLC UK. Folks need to take your class or read your blog or read RLC and maybe they can see more (laughs) from uh, your atonement studies, but you got anything else you want to close with before we go into that? Uh, Just amen to everything you just said. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about um, finding that life, even as um, even as we're struggling. And, you know, yeah, you're right. When you're traumatized, it's like um, you need to heal and we need to be communities of healers and Christian Mm. Christian communities so people can can have that healing. So, yeah. yeah. So good. Well, we'll, we could talk all day on that, but um, that's Mm -hmm. exactly why we're doing this work. So you can hear from folks like Faith and say, I want to read more. And then you can go to RLC. Um, And by the way, if you don't know, we have Red Letter Christians UK has its own website. It's linked up to Mm -hmm. ours in the US. um, And you're doing a lot of cool stuff. Some of it mirrors what we're doing um, with the movement here in the US. Uh, You've had book clubs. Mm-hmm. retreats mm-hmm. those are all things that we're doing as well um but you you know there's there's unique challenges uh, i think in every 
um, space. And so uh, one of the things that we've done in the UK was around common change. Uh, we mm -hmm. did a, a whole right. retreat thinking about finances and also right. the contradictions in the church, that the church has not always used our offering to share with those in need among us, as it says, <laughs> right, right, the book of Acts. But yeah, what what are some other things that you're excited about on the horizon mm, for yeah. uh, RLC in the UK? Well, the big thing I'm excited about is we're planning, um, and we don't have a timeline set yet, but we are going to be having. Um, a book uh, coming out about stories of Jesus and justice in the UK. Mm. And it's going to be uh, stories written by those on the ground people doing the justice work. And uh, right now we're, we're gathering folks together who are going to be writing some chapters on that. And um, we're just, uh, we're really looking to just do this new work together. That's going to be our big next thing that we're really excited about is getting this book out. Um, just, yeah, starting yeah. starting a new chapter after COVID, kind of. Yeah, and I, I sometimes if I've just got a minute to describe the the red letter Christians to folks, I I say that we're a web of subversive friends mm. who love who love Jesus and love justice, and we're building that web of friends. There's musicians and artists. There's writers and theologians. There's um, uh, doctors and nurses and school teachers and uh, landscapers and folks that are um, uh, raising kids and, you know, all kinds of different work. So make sure you all go and sign up, join Red Letter Christians uh, UK, or if you're in other countries, just go to our website and um, sign the, the pledge and get on our, our mailing list. We'll send you devotionals each morning and mm -hmm. uh, you can join our book clubs and stuff. And we try to do all of it for free. We're not about the money. We're about the gospel. And you can only serve God or mammon as a sweet mm -hmm. Lord. Said. Well, yeah. anything else uh, before we, we close out, Faith? You got uh, Tell us the website and how folks can join RLC in the UK. Yeah. So the website, it's pretty close to yours. It's uh, redletterchristians.org.uk. So it's just like yours, but with a .uk at the end. And if you want to join the work, we have uh, links there. We have links. I think it's to join. It has ways to get involved. There's a donate link if you want to get involved that way. And uh, we'll be updating that periodically with um, events as they come up. Yeah, we're doing it, y'all. And as we say, we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. It was uh, Mahatma Gandhi who was asked about Christianity, and he said, I love Jesus. I just wish the Christians acted more like him. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're after, a Christianity that looks a little bit more like Jesus. And we'll do it better with all of you who are listening. If you haven't already joined, join Red Letter Christians. Mm -hmm. See ya. Bye. Hey, y'all, this is Shane Claiborne with Red Letter Christians, and I've got a big favor to ask of you. We want to get to know you a little bit more and make sure that you're getting what you need from Red Letter Christians. So I would love it if you would head to tinyurl.com slash RLC dash podcast. It's all in the show notes and take five minutes to complete a little survey from you so that we can make sure that you get more of what you love. It's just an honor to be building a better world with all of you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. 
but at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.